Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. One can't help but be positive. The other can't help but be negative. Bleep you, you bleeping bleepity bleep. The only thing they seem to agree on is that they can barely agree on anything. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Andy Hart. Uh, I'm not happy about this. It's sports radio for the passionate fan. What's up, Nick? And grumpy dad in all of us. That is just so stupid. Fitzy and Hart. Yes, I've been listening, Andy. On Boston Sports Original. I like the way Andy Hart does it. Might have Nick just take over. W-E-E-I. We're so excited to be with you for three hours on a beautiful late summer Labor Day weekend Sunday that we played two rejoins at the top of the hour just to let you guys know our interest and excitement level. Good morning. How are you, everybody? This is the Fitzy and Hart radio show on Sunday, September 3rd, 2023. Like I said, what an absolutely gorgeous Labor Day Sunday this is right now. We're thrilled to be with you from 10 a until just a little bit after 1 o'clock, until which time it will be the Mass Mutual Red Sox pregame show, the finale of Red Sox versus Royals with cheese coming at you a little after 2 o'clock today on the Shaw's WEEI Red Sox Network. If you'd like to get in touch with us at any point today on the program, you can give us a shout, 617-779-7937. You will be ever so cordially greeted by the one and only Brian Ferzoko, who's producing today's program. Hello, Brian. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Thank you. It's great to have you with us here today. The socials, as always, at WEEI, at Jumbo Heart at Fitzy GFY, and of course at Six Rings Pod, our Patriot-centric podcast, which is going to be hanging and banging, slamming and jamming all week long. Andy, we've got our season preview coming up this week, a special chat to get people pumped and primed with Mike Lombardi. We'll be joined hopefully by Rob Ninkovich later in the week, maybe go behind enemy lines and talk to people from Philadelphia. Wow, what a week to be a sports fan. What a week to still have optimism, because between now and next Sunday, you can be an optimistic Patriots fan. After that, I make no promises. Well, you make no promises, but we're not exactly sure, and that's something that I want to get to in today's program, exactly what kind of reality we're going to be trafficking in come, let's say, seven and a half days from now, of course, right around 7.30 or so next Sunday night. Eagles at Patriots, the opener on the 2023 season from the Rays of featuring, oh, just a little something known as Tom Brady's return will likely be over. We'll be kicking off our inaugural Six Rings postgame show live from the WEEI studios in beautiful, safe Brighton, Massachusetts. And I can't tell you with any sort of certainty right now if I feel like we're going to be 
broadcasting a post-game show where we talk of a massive effort, surprises galore, the Patriots shocking the world, or at least the Eagles and most of the football rooting and analyzing world, pulling out a massive W, or if it's going to be an absolute waxing uh, at the at the stadium that has the new logo with the fancy new lighthouse, beer hall, and world's largest TV, Andy. Yeah, I can't be sure either. I mean, I know which way I'd be betting, but uh, I can't be sure either. Anything is possible. As we're going to talk about it, but college football showed us yesterday. We yes. had two very good examples, one locally and one nationally, of teams that went into a questionable season with immense hope. The Boston College Eagles, well, they had hope going into the season. I'm not sure what they have now under Coach Halfley. And Deion Sanders, Colorado Buffaloes. Both went into the year, new season, new hope. Very different results, and so the New England Patriots are on line one waiting for their uh, opportunity to prove that hope is more Colorado Buffaloian than Boston Eagle. Yes, uh, it is most definitely a uh, polarizing and diametrically opposed dream right there, or reality that they are living in, and we will get to that. Now, we both realize, I think everybody realizes, college football doesn't move the needle too often or isn't usually the topic du jour, But shortly after our classic Sunday intro, in the next break, we will get into Coach Prime and the curious case of the Colorado Buffaloes. I am personally transfixed by that team, by him, by what's going on, what he's done to college football. I was getting random text messages yesterday from friends who never watched college football, who must have just been home just chilling with the fam or doing Labor Day weekend cookouts, yard work, and that was sort of the big afternoon game. And I think they all must have just had it on. And I was just getting like, dude, wherever you are right now, go turn on this game. TCU Colorado is wild. Holy smokes, I can't believe what I'm watching. Uh, So I I have a feeling it has grabbed not just regional but national attention. We'll get to that in just a couple minutes, Andy. But first, as always, when we begin our Sunday iteration of the Fitzy and Hart program, we like to get to a little segment we call Who Won the Week? Where we discuss across the broad spectrum and wide world of Boston sports Who we believe came out on top, who we believe to be, shall we say, victorious, who had the best week, player, team, coach, executive, whomever. Uh, So I will ask you, Andy Hart, and Brian, uh, you can can jump in next. Andy, who won the week in Boston sports? So my snarky answer would be Red Sox manager Alex Cora because he came a week closer to the season being over for him. (laughs) And that's a victory in its own right. But I'm not saying that. Hey, a great game Friday night. Way to come back after getting swept by the Astros and put forth a great effort against a team trying to lose as many games so as to get the number one draft pick. Great effort. So uh, Alex Cora is indeed a step closer to the season being over. But that's not my answer. My answer is a new arrival, a new face, uh, with a new opportunity and a new home. Uh, I think Matt Corral uh, had a really good week for himself despite getting cut by the Carolina Panthers. I think him being claimed by the New England Patriots immediately makes him one of the most interesting and intriguing players on the Patriots roster, and maybe in all the NFL, because this is a guy with former, uh, formerly believed to have first-round talent, went in the third right. round last year, got hurt, mm-hmm. missed his rookie season. Now he lands in a place where, yes, this is Mac Jones' year, Mac Jones' team, Mac Jones' everything for now. And I think we all learned that Bailey Zappi was not going to, is not going to challenge Mac Jones for the hierarchy on the depth chart at quarterback. Matt Corral, Matt Corral might be able to. And I think the opportunity he has here, chasing essentially a guy who's one year ahead of him in the process in Mac Jones, but with a very different uh, skill set, 
modern live NFL arm, can run around a little bit, athlete, modern QB type, and the opposite description. Mac Jones is a guy that a lot of people thought had mid-round talent who went in the middle of the first round. Matt Corral is a guy that a lot of people thought had first-round talent who went in the middle of the draft. So I am very intrigued to see what Matt Corral can do with his opportunity here, which, of course, initially will be sort of behind the scenes on the practice field. But um, I think Matt Corral took a nice step forward in his career by landing with the Patriots. An interesting choice indeed, and an interesting way to spin the entire Mac Jones situation because I think after we saw both Malik Cunningham and Bailey Zappi, let go from the Patriots 90-man roster only to be subsequently reclaimed or rather signed to the practice squad after clearing waivers, I think one, many, and all of us would have said this was Mac Jones's week uh, because now not he is the clear starter. Hell, he was for a couple of days the only quarterback on the active roster. But now maybe, I won't say necessarily just yet, a new challenger has come to town, but rather at least a new face is in town, and it may change the quarterback dynamic uh, on the in the sort of immediate future, but potentially in the long-term future as well. Excellent job, Andy. Brian, uh, in your estimation, who do you think won the week? I'm going to go a little off the board. I'm going to say WEEI and any sports radio station who's going to cover the Patriots because I felt like the Bailey Zappi-Mac Jones debate was kind of dwindling down and dying down a little bit with Bailey Zappi's performance throughout the summer and mostly in the preseason. After that Tennessee game, it seemed like it was pretty much shot, and then obviously... He doesn't make the 53-man roster, and it seemed like Zappy Fever was done, and now we had no quarterback controversy to debate. Now, with Matt Corral, to everything Andy just spoke about, the upside, the talent, all that, now we can build a backup, and now we have a new guy to kind of carry on this quarterback debate about. So, I was worried we were done. It was Jones's team. That's it. Now we have Matt Corral. We have a new face to put to say, hey, this is a new guy who can push Mac Jones, and I feel like this gives us more content. So, WEI is the winner this week. Uh, excellent choice, WEI and Patriots fans, because the season could become more interesting. Whether the Patriots actually do come out of the gate on fire, guns ablazing next Sunday, or rather, if there is a quarterback controversy, a new face, a new talent, one that Andy believes uh, may be better than advertised, because most people may say, oh, if he wasn't good enough to make Carolina and they're going to stink, then what could this guy possibly bring to us? We'll see, because he was quite a talented prospect who did slip in the 2022 draft. And I'll also follow that up, Brian. Uh, by saying, yes, WEEI did win this week in a certain capacity. Andy, uh, I appreciated the full and necessary snark of saying Alex Cora won the week because he's a week closer to not having to coach this freaking ball club anymore. Uh, but I'll say WEEI at first won the week this week by putting forth a massive, spectacular, magnanimous, charitable, and wholehearted effort at the 21st annual Jimmy Fund WEEI Nesson Radio Telethon celebrating the 75th year of the Jimmy Fund that Ken Laird, Mike Thomas, and everyone across all the day parts, not to mention the countless volunteers, the sales department, everyone who worked the phone banks, was able to, and of course, uh, what can I say about the incredibly generous donations from B sales, uh, BJ's Wholesale and Rob and Karen Hale with $750,000 matching back what the morning show had raised, taking us over $4 million, I think it was $4,070,000 approximately was raised this week, to help fight the good fight against the great cowardice that is cancer, but not just cancer, cancer in, chi in children's families, for children, just everything that the Jimmy Fund does, the hope that they represent, the good vibes that they share. Uh, I'm so proud to be associated with everything. It was an honor to 
uh, be a part of the final broadcast, wrapping things up with Rich Keith this week. And uh, I would just like to offer kudos to one, many, and all involved with this week's efforts. Now, as far as who won the week sports-wise, on the field, members of teams, players, etc., believe it or not, you ready for this one, Andy, Brian? I'm going to go with backup Patriots offensive lineman. Or just maybe, no, excuse me, I'll requalify. Adrian Clem won the week. You want to know why? Because for finally, for God's sakes, the New England Patriots realized that they had an offensive line problem, and most especially, they had an offensive tackle issue. The lines play from offense, from OTAs through training camp uh, all the way into the preseason across three games. At no point was it ever anything to write home about, remark in excess positivity, or just take confidence in. It's been an issue. It's been a mess all summer long. And finally, the New England Patriots have gone out and acquired multiple extra tackles so that they can give themselves a chance to finally figure out if somebody, whether it's Riley Reef, it hasn't looked like him thus far, whether it is Calvin Anderson, who finally came off the non-football injury, injury list after an, an undisclosed illness that he had battled for quite some time. Of course, the trades last week, about a week ago, this time for Tyrone Wheatley Jr. from Cleveland, Vidarian Lowe from Minnesota. At least now, Adrian Clem is not just sort of left with, I don't know, how do we describe it, Andy? The most miserable, miserable box ever on like a football edition of the TV show, Chopped. Uh, at least now, he can try to actually make some legitimate chicken salad, and the ingredients may be okay. We don't know. But at least now the offensive line has some extra components to audition and try out after we feel like they kind of mismanaged that particular spot on the roster this offseason. I would say it's a very optimistic look at uh, Adrian Clem's lot in life this week. I mean, I think some might take a different view and say if it was chopped, some of the ingredients have either expired or <laughs> didn't make it through quality control <laughs> and are questionable in uh, their makeup. But yep. he certainly has uh, more options, right? And I guess yes. they say uh, that's a key part in life is having options. You don't want to get backed into a corner desperation. Uh, he certainly has more options. We've talked about it. Just sort of the ridiculousness of 11 guys on the active roster, three more on the practice squad. So um, he has a large wheel to spin to figure out who the contestants in his, uh, what do you want to call it, the hobo fight? The, uh, it bum is, uh, fight. We called it first the bum fight, but then it turned into, we rebranded it, the hobo rumble. E either way, um, I think we kind of um, pigeonholed that into just right tackle. I think we need to expand it. Like, I'm not totally sold on anything, and therefore, uh, yes, he has options, um, and yes, the other thing I would say about Adrian Clem, yep. if they are good, if mm -hmm. they are capable, if he makes this work, his resume, his cachet oh. is going through the roof. It's going to be seen as Skarnekian. 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 Skarnekian like in nature. If he is able to pull this off, if they go out, and I don't think they have to dominate. If they nope. look functional and competitive from yep. week one on, then Adrian Clem could go into his review next offseason and say, I know you paid me a million plus. How about, we, uh, how about we talk raises after the job I did this year? Yeah, at least right now, uh, I mean, they could also, at the end of the season, if things don't go well, a scapegoat card may also get played where it's like, well, you know, we, uh, we threw every option we could. that we, we went into the season with an unheralded 11 offensive lineman. What do you want us to do? You know, carry 12? I, I, it just seems like it's almost been improvisational, the plan, just like just throwing oh, yeah. a lot of options at it. You know, again, Quantity. Speaking yesterday, just with some random Pats fans running into them all throughout the silly sandbar, one thing that was a common thread was, what is going on with the offensive line, and why didn't they address it either with the draft or with a high-priced free agent? Because I feel like 
Now, granted, it would have cost us a lot of content because Lord knows how long across the frequency modulated airwaves or on our Six Rings podcast and more, Andy, we have talked about the offensive line issues. Cadlick has written about them at .com. It's been a major thing. Read anything by Daniels, Perry, Callahan, and more. Everyone knows the offensive line has been an issue. So it's been a content goldmine, if you will. And all of that would have been taken away if they had just done something as simple as either signed like McGlinchey or Orlando Brown, uh, maybe even taken somebody in the draft. But instead, here we are now wondering which of these like six guy, five or six guys is going to finally win the job, and they take the field in a week against the best pass rush in the NFL. Oh, boy. Yeah, so Ugh. we're trying to be, we're, <laughs> or as we like to say, insert Andy Hart sound. <laughs> How do you feel, folks? Who do you believe won the week in Boston sports? We will gladly accept your answer at any point if you want to call in, 617-779-7937. When we come back, we will take a quick spin, a random Sunday pivot, if you will, to college football because, yes, indeed, it was week one in NCAA football. It was a very interesting, dare I say, dynamic week. And somebody who used to move the needle on most Sundays is now moving the needle in a big old way on Saturdays, doing things differently. Do you like his approach? We'll talk about Coach Prime on the other side. But first, let's catch you up on everything else in the wide world of Boston sports. Trending now with... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Brian Frizzoco. Now, we're right back to it. Bitsy and Hart on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Watching the sun bake All of those tourists covered with oil Come on, everyone at home, sing along. Strumming my six string On my front porch swing Smell of shrimp there beginning to the boil Wasting away Yep, one of our great musical poets, one of our bards, one of our storytellers, one of our pivotal pop cultural pieces, one of the past century's 
more famous, hedonistic, joyful, and pleasure-seeking entertainers. The great Jimmy Buffett passed away yesterday at the age of 76. Or rather, excuse me, we learned of his passing yesterday. He passed away Friday evening surrounded by his dogs, his family, friends, uh, probably as poetic and loving a way as anyone could go. But, you know, far be, I, I think you'd have to search long and hard, go far and wide, Andy, to find somebody who at any point either wasn't a parrot head, didn't go to a Buffett, if not several or dozens of Buffett concerts who love the music, who sings it at karaoke. You find it at every other beach bar throughout New England, the world really even, you know, Coconut Pete, Jimmy Buffett, Margarita Bill, Cheeseburger in Paradise. Whatever your favorite song was, however often you listen to Jimmy Buffett, like, that was one of the touchstones right there. That was that was one of the all-timers. I know he hadn't been on tour in a while. He hadn't been well for quite some time, but uh he was he was an original. That's for that's for damn sure. What was your uh what's your personal favorite Buffett song, Andy? Um I like a lot of them. My it's the duet with Alan Jackson, Five O'Clock Somewhere, I'm a big fan of the live versions of that Ooh, when he uh, jumps choice. on stage with him. Um but I like a lot. I actually listened, mowed my lawn yesterday, and for about three hours listened to nothing but uh, Buffett on my uh, Spotify rotation with my headphones on. So uh, paid my tribute in my own little way while working in the yard. Yeah, it was on all over the beach yesterday. Everywhere you went, somebody had a Spotify or an Apple playlist open, just jamming out Buffett, the old stuff, live stuff. Uh, pretty great. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Volcano. I love randomly love Barometer Soup. Sometimes you want to get in one of those moods. Son of a Son of a Sailor Man. Um, yeah, just so many. Who doesn't love the old Buzzards Bay name check as well? Um, I saw him a couple times at Great Woods or whatever the hell they call it now, the Xfinity Center down in Mansfield. Um, just always a good time. Always a good time to be found. So rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett, and thank you for all the karaoke. Thank you for the sing-alongs, the entertainment, the hangovers, the live entertainment, and so much more. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the telephone number if and when you choose to call in and talk sports with us. If you want to offer up your favorite Jimmy Buffett song, why not? Maybe it will seek some inspiration for a rejoin because it is an all-Buffett rejoin day today. I'm sure we are not the first radio station to do as much. We will not be the last one, but it's just that kind of day. Let's uh, sneak in a quick call, Andy, if we get a chance right now. Um, your old pal Stephen Fall River wants to talk to you about Matt Corral for a second. Ooh. I'd like to hear what he has to say. Good morning, Steve. I told you the other day I was a history guy. Then I proceeded to give you numbers about the Patriots being 31st and somehow I'm not even going to go into the response you gave about trying to blunt that statement, but I'll save that for another call. Right. Matt Corral Matt Corral is picked in a very bad area. While you say he fell to the third round, this and that, well, the zone he was picked in is very precise against him succeeding. What I mean to say is, first of all, quarterback I'm picked very much in the 75 to 100 number. I'm not using the round. I'm using the pick in the draft. And if, I'm not including this year's draft. There's very few success stories. He was picked with Malik Cunningham. By the, let's stop in, 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 in real numbers. Malik Cunningham at 86, Matt Corral at 94, Bailey Zappi at 137. They're all garbage right now on the Patriots. Uh, well, well, hold on. Before you go, Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham. Steve, Steve, hold on real quick. I just want to correct you on this. Malik Cunningham went undrafted. He was undrafted. I'm sorry. I apologize. I got bad vision. Malik Willis. I apologize. Yes. Okay. okay. 
The only draft all the way back to 2007 where you can find one success, and it actually, it actually happened in the same draft, is Brock Osweiler, 57, Russell Williams at 75, Nick Foles at 88. After that, it is complete nobodies. Well, that was a Ryan Mallett the year before. No, that was a great run. But all the other drafts back to 07 were just nothingness. Either there was no one picked in that Colt McCoy in 2010-85. 2009, nobody picked in that zone. Let me go back up and pick one. Okay. Obviously, I'm on drafthistory.com. What's the point, yeah, what's the point of information. Yeah, land, the, what's land the plane. He's not – He. History says he ain't going to make it, man. I don't know how you don't know my point. No one's made it from 2021 back to 2007 except one draft class, 2012. Okay. If the NFL decides you get picked mm-hmm. 75 to 100, you ain't working. It's not So if he had been back. 74 or 101, whoa, 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 whoa. So if he had been 74 or 101, it would have been a good deal? Like, what are you talking about? When you when a quarterback is picked between seventy and hundred and five, that quarterback doesn't work. Okay, most when quarterbacks don't work, picked. Steve. Most okay. quarterbacks don't All work, right, Steve. Very I much. It's hard that, to draft they, quarterbacks. They work. They work even less. Andy. Okay. Okay. Smart guy. They work even less. Three guys I I, being called smart guy by a dumbass doesn't bother guys, me. Just because you see numbers on a page like that means class. something. Can he play right, or can okay. he not play? All right, I don't. I, no, it's a little early in the morning for this much yelling. Okay, thank you, Steve. There thank is you, no Steve. more right, arrogant or annoying person than Steve, and I know right. that as an arrogant and annoying person, he is insufferable. <laughs> he is. He had like, just tried so, to work his way back into our good graces, and, he's and now out. we got to now we got to get sermonized again. Like it's because okay, he like, went seventy-five to hundred, he can't play. Maybe that's stupid. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's an observation, and we've both heard lots of dumb things but from each other and others as well. God. Uh, but, okay, so you make an observation like, hey, I don't think it's going to work out because, you know, Wiggy made a point a long time ago about fourth-round quarterbacks, and the only two that have worked out in the last, uh, geez, I don't know how long, like over 20 years, or basically this century, had been Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. Otherwise, fourth-round quarterbacks never make it as starters or stars in the NFL. And that was interesting. At least he looked it up, and we, we sort of – you know, figured all that out because that was based around Jarrett Stidham at the time, who was a fourth rounder, and now actually seems like he's, uh, well, he's working his way into being a quality backup. We'll see how Russell Wilson plays this year and whether or not Stidham actually gets a chance to start under center. I know Sean Payton, for a fact, is very high on him, and he looked good in the preseason, but again, those are just pretend season games. As far as making an observation like no third-round quarterback has worked out in the last 15 years, okay, that's a fact. But after that, to say that Matt Corral is doomed just because of that, uh, because of that statistic, that observation, uh, I mean, you're giving the guy no chance uh, on his own talent. You're giving Bill O'Brien no credence to be able to groom him and work with him. Bill O'Brien has won a lot more in places like Houston with a lot less than Matt Corral's arm talent, who can absolutely sling it. So, uh, so I, Steve, I don't get it. Steve, after 2012. When Wilson, Foles, and Cousins went seventy-five to one hundred and two. By the way, that's a hell of a mid-round quarterback draft, right? And, and twenty-two was uh, Whedon, and fifty-seven was Osweiler. So in two thousand thirteen, if Steve were a GM, he'd be like, "You can't draft a quarterback earlier than seventy-five. That's where the good ones go. The good ones go at seventy-five. Like history, yes, is there value in looking at it and how trends go and all that? Yes, but to say Matt Corral will not be good." Because other crappy quarterbacks drafted in a similar point in the draft fail. Like, I just, 
I, I just don't get it. I, I, and he can call me smartass, dumbass, smart whatever. By a dumbass doesn't bother me. Like I, I don't. <laughs> it's just such a close-minded point. Can he? I'd rather Steve say I watched every Ole Miss game. Kid can't play. Kid's injury prone. Got hurt late in his college career. Got hurt to start his NFL career. He can't play the way he wants. To. Like, give me something like that. Something valuable. Tangible. Yes. Like an opinion that you based on some visualization of his abilities, not. Well, he had because correct me if I'm wrong, Fitzy, but where you are drafted is actually very much affected by the people that are drafted ahead of you. So uh, as well as well as the particular needs of the team or right. teams that may be pursuing you. But if there are 75 really good players in any good given draft, you could be a pretty good quarterback. You just get pushed into the 76 range. We're in a different year where it's a down year and there's only like 40 really good players. You go at 42. That doesn't change mm -hmm. your skill set. It's the factors around you, the circumstances that have changed. So, I just, I, I don't really, I don't really get Steve. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not judging Matt Corral. But, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe he does fall to the third round for a reason or for many reasons. But I'm not going to just immediately say like, well, because he's a third round quarterback, it's not going to work out. Because recent history, not all history, but most recent history says third round quarterbacks don't pan out. I'm going to do that. I'll prejudge the kid on that alone. I mean, I'm going to give you like an example. Mac Jones can't play quarterback because Alabama quarterbacks haven't shake, shaken Which is one of the dumber arguments that have ever been made. Those colleges can't produce. That's stupid. But let me just give you a counterexample. So, Steve, before Tom Brady was the greatest ever, Joe Montana was the greatest ever, right? So you should never draft a quarterback before the third round because Montana went in the third round, Brady went in the sixth. So the best quarterbacks of all time don't go in the first two rounds, right? That would be the logic? That deductive reasoning would say that that's exactly what, how it And was. you'd be an idiot. You'd be an idiot to not take John Elway or Peyton Manning or Patrick Mahomes. Like, just because they weren't or aren't the greatest of all time, the, the, the flawed logic with Steve is, and it's I like flawed logic because sometimes, sometimes it makes you think differently and look mm -hmm. at things from a different angle. Yeah. But when you're so arrogant and obnoxious about it like Steve is, it is infuriating. Well, he certainly got more than his fair share of time off that call, so he's probably, he even did. though we had to hang up on him, Thanks, he's probably some, sitting somewhere in <laughs> respectively Fall River or elsewhere. Thanks for chumming the waters for us, Steve. I'm sure the text line is lit up right now like, why'd you take this guy's call? Ban him. You already banned fair him question. once. Banned him again. Fair question. Why did we take it? I don't know. We steered right into that embankment, didn't we, right there, Andy? All right. As we promised we would discuss in this particular segment, Yesterday, the college football world, dare I say, Andy, not just the college football world, I would say the sports world at large was kind of shaken by the result of the Colorado-TCU game. Now, TCU, a 21-point favorite in yesterday's game, was taking on these reconfigured, upstart Colorado Buffaloes, uh, coached by NFL legend and Hall of Famer. Deion Sanders. The game was at TCU. May I remind you also, TCU was uh, probably not that they even belonged, uh, and they had uh, greater talent on the field back then. They were in the national championship. Uh, I think they were there. For, they were there for a couple minutes against uh, Georgia, correct, Andy? Yes, they had one uh, one nice long touchdown, and uh, kind of like the Patriots against the Bears, uh, yeah. then it was over. <laughs> Once it was over, it was really over. Like, it was over several times. Like, they should have just called it by the end of the third quarter. Yeah. Could have even called it at halftime. That was a massacre. But they lose Max Duggan to 
uh, the pros. He actually was recently released, I believe. I'm not sure he might be an undrafted free agent at this particular point in time. Quentin Johnston drafted in the first round by the Los Diego Chargers, as I like to call them. And now they look to be yet another offensive powerhouse, and they're going up against Deion Sanders, Colorado Buffaloes. And Coach Prime, as he likes to be called, as he is now known by his players, so Dion. had a... Uh, yeah, or Dion, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he should just be called Dion, but he insists on everyone calling him Coach Prime, which is already uh, awkward and became a bit of a talker in the offseason, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes. Yeah, didn't he even say he'd like people to refer to him as Coach Prime? Yeah, so I'm going to intentionally not. <laughs> yeah, so... It's like Mr. Mr. Snyder, who owned the Washington uh, Commanders slash other things when he was telling other adults that live near him to call me Mr. Snyder. No, I'll call you Dan. No, Thanks for a human Dan. being like me. Or actually jackass, or the gross exactly. guy, or the annoying dink. one, or, or, or he, yeah, or dink, or he who must be removed. Uh, and thankfully, subsequently was. Uh, so he wants to be called Coach Prime. And Andy, uh, just sort of give the audience at large, in case people are unfamiliar with how this all worked out. Uh, what did Deion Sanders do? Like, because it, it was a controversial hiring, it was a controversial offseason, um, and he made lots of controversial moves. Was it something like 25 players, uh, am, I, am I correct in that assessment, 25 players that uh, entered the transfer portal for Colorado? Oh, I think it's significantly more than that. There's only 10 remaining players. I believe they had 57. Um, Holy smokes. Newcomers, 57 transfers. He, Yeah, I believe there's only 10 scholarship players that remain from the prior season. So you're talking whatever a roster is, 90 or 100 kids. Mm -hmm. um, basically wow. 90% of the team got turned over, utilizing – legal rules in modern college football transfer portals and all these various things 71 but, excuse me i'm sorry andy i uh i was mistaken i, I grossly you were way low i, I knew was that. way low wow that would be <laughs> on the price is right bob, uh, on the price is right bob barker or drew carey would be like higher higher yeah no yeah. no nope, higher higher not close 71 colorado has had 71 players enter the transfer portal since last august causing a stir about what is happening in boulder and how new coach Deion Sanders will manage his roster. This from an ESPN piece by Tom Van Haren from May of 2023. It has been a staggering few months for the Buffs, who saw 47 players enter the portal since the spring transfer window opened on April 15th. Holy ma... So this is a... He's basically just put together an entire new team. Yes. An entire a new team. And, and these... These guys did not choose to leave. They were basically forced out. Mm -hmm. um, they cannot take your scholarship away. They can... Take, basically kick you off the team. You could stay a student at Colorado under scholarship, but obviously these kids want to play football. They came to Colorado to play football, and when he makes it clear you're not wanted on the football team, the guys move on to the uh, transfer portal. Mm -hmm. uh, Colorado's roster turnover, the article goes on, serves as a new case study for coaches navigating the transfer portal and what the future of roster management could look like in the broader college football landscape. Side note here, college football has just been pulled, twisted, and turned in a thousand different directions over the last couple of years that is tumultuous, to say the least. We're talking about, we were talking Friday when we filled in for Gresham Fourier on the midday program about how wild it is now. The, the realignment of all the divisions, you've got schools like Stanford entering the ACC. I mean, that is... Things that have never been... <laughs> that is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that is... Um, geographically incorrect or uh, geographically inaccurate. I mean, a team uh, in Northern California playing in the Atlantic Coast Conference, but okay, you have all the name image likeness issues now that have gone on with players now being able to make money. And then, of course, there were players that were suspended or for 
forced to forfeit Heisman trophies like Reggie Bush for similar, if yet smaller violations in previous years or decades. And now you've got things like this where Deion Sanders basically comes in, shakes the snow globe wildly like an overcaffeinated toddler, turns over the entire roster, remakes the team in his image, uh, a team full of believers in Coach Prime and everything he's doing. And yesterday they go in a 21-point underdog on the road at TCU. I think they were even part of our lunchtime parlay Friday. There was massive, massive confidence in that team getting decimated. Or maybe it was that people wanted to believe that he was going to get served some humble pie. And I think at large, at first, a lot of people were probably rooting against Colorado because of the way Deion Sanders has carried himself this offseason. Or maybe I'm, in, maybe I'm mistaken. And look what happens. Final score, Colorado 45, TCU 42. I mean, this is, this is one we're going to be talking about for a long time. But the big issue, Andy, is the way Deion Sanders carried on afterward not just on the field but in his post-game press conference in case anyone hasn't heard this this is an exchange between espn's ed werder i believe and Dion sanders afterwards uh talking about things that were written and said about colorado before the game and now how he feels and how he wants the reporter to react to him uh this 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 is going to be a talker for a while. So, Brian, if you wouldn't mind uh, playing number two about the believers. All right. What's up, boss? You believe now? You you hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh no, do you believe now? Huh? Oh no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sipped it through all that. Yeah. Oh no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. What did so? I mean, I, I, so I, I, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that he would go on like that. Now I saw a number, I saw a number of reporters and media people on my timeline quote tweeting that Andy saying that that was punching down that the reporters were only doing their job. Any uh, chance Belichick does that to Cadlick after week one if they beat the Eagles? <laughs> <laughs> no, because Cadlick's a believer. Yeah, oh, big time. Oh, he is a big time believer. But Bill uh, has done similar things. Let's not put this past him. I mean, I know for a fact he's said to certain members of Patriots.com, I know you guys are with us, win or tie, and walked away. <laughs> wow. And again, oh, ignore the noise, huh? Hmm. Oh, uh, oh seems, my God. No one hears the noise more than these fraudulent, narcissistic, egomaniac, power-hungry coaches. Wow. And on that note, we will tease out that we will continue the discussion on Deion Sanders. Was he punching down yesterday? And I'll ask this question. I want to get your take on it, Andy, when we come back as well. Do, do Forget about believing. Do you like the way he's going about business? And are you rooting for or are you rooting against Coach Prime, if you will, and Colorado because of the way Deion Sanders did his business in the offseason, because of how he's reconstructed the roster, and because of how he's composing himself. We've got some more audio to share from the aftermath of yesterday's shocking Colorado win over TCU and the shakeup in the college landscape. 617-779-7937 is the number. Give us a shout. We're here till 1 o'clock. It's Fitzy and Hart on WEI. Do you believe that? From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England's sports original. WEEI, we are right back to Fitzy and Hart. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Warm bun and a huge hug of meat. Cheeseburger in paradise. Have on all the sun. 
couple of cheeseburgers in paradise over here talking sports on a Labor Day Sunday. Your old pals Fitzy and Hart, the Six Rings guys, steering the ship until a little after 1 o'clock today. Hope everyone is enjoying their Labor Day weekend thoroughly. Dare I say, Andy, after the wonky weather we had in the summer of 2023, which I recently learned, this will come as no surprise to you or the listenership, was the second wettest summer in Boston on record. Uh, it is nice to actually have some summer weather just in time for the end of summer. I was going to say, a little bit of a kick in the cojones as people go back to work and kids are stuck playing sports and back in school and everything. Yep. Oh, now it's going to be like 10 straight days of sunny in 81. <laughs> like, yeah, great. Son of a... Can I Where derail the got? show for a second? What's that? Can I derail the show for a second? Oh my God, are you kidding me? Absolutely. It's the, okay. Th- that's this. We don't have to stick to some tight script or the outline in the Google document we share. We think like sports fans, and sometimes the they like to get sidetracked. Okay, so we'll get back to Dion because I do want to talk about Dion because I have very strong opinions and feelings about Dion and everything he's doing in Colorado. But last night, as you said, weather's been great. Was at a buddy's house, had a little party, sitting by the fire pit. Yep. Around eight twenty, I'm going to say, plus or minus fifteen minutes. Yep. We all happened to look up in the sky, yeah. and I saw something that I've never seen before, and that I should probably be contacting Rich Keefe and the Dortcast about. And maybe, I haven't even Googled it, so I, I would like you to help me, other people to help me. There was a line of, I'm going to say, about 25 or more, probably more, things that looked like stars in a perfect line straight above us that were going at the exact same speed with the exact same spacing across the sky. Right now, it's raining nugs. Though these were not nugs. <laughs> these were, they looked like sh- slow shooting stars or satellites. And I, somebody brought up, could it be some Starlink test from Elon Musk? Elon Musk, what, yeah. It's, it was um, really cool and a bit jarring because I have no idea what it was. And even if people tell me what it was, I may or may not choose to believe them because things of this nature, I think, get lied about. Have you heard anything of this? These lines of lights in the atmosphere going and then disappearing? No, is this something that was only visible off the South Coast? I mean, I, I have no I idea. Too was I too? What was I doing at eight thirty last night? Oh, chasing my kids around, trying to get them to finish dinner. Um, that's what I usually do on the weekends uh, at nighttime. Uh, no, I had never. I didn't hear a thing about this. It is. I, I'm I now th- googling. I don't think it's something. I don't think it's anything that made Boston.com or like resident uh, New England residents see series or a string of lights in the sky. I yeah, it's um. It. So four hours yeah. ago, strange lights in sky, Starlink satellites spotted uh, over the triangle nope. area. So it's, yeah. I guess it, they are claiming that it is related to Starlink. Okay. The, um, Elon SpaceX Musk satellite, satellite, satellite based internet. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was jarring. I'll like be honest how close, how, how close, how low are we talking? We're not talking about like a biplane carrying one of no, the no, 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 no. across the These beach. are in the atmosphere. These are... Like, if it was one of them, you might say, wow, that's the slowest shooting star I've ever seen. But there, like I said, 25 of them moving at, uh, you know, perfect distance, same rate, the whole thing. But, yes, definitely, like, up in the atmosphere. Um, yeah. And how about this, Andy? Just as you call to action and the fabulous listenership of WEI is chiming in with what we believe. And this is a reputable source, I believe, because it's one of the finer, more thoroughly informed callers here at the radio station. Allison in Cambridge would like to answer your inquiry, Andy. Good morning, Allison. Yes, yes. Good morning. Yes, it is indeed Elon Musk and Starlink. And when I, I first saw that, too, I was like, oh, my God, I saw it at like, oh, God, in the middle of the night. 
and I was just like, oh my god, this is so amazing. And I, I, I even forgot what I thought it was. It was, and I woke my husband up, and yes, it is astounding looking, but it's actually a terrible thing. This is hurting astronomers' land bases. You realize that we have we have astronomical devices, telescopes that go into space, right? So mm-hmm. wouldn't affect those for viewing things. But for most of the astro, I mean, you realize that like in 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 poorer countries, people try to get kids, they build them Dobsonian telescopes and have them be able to look up and look at the sky. It's getting in the way of that. Hmm. It's terrible. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, yes, yeah. it's a fascinating. And I was I went from like this is awesome to the horror of actually reading about it. So there you go. And the government, uh, I mean, that basically the WHO people, organizations are thinking of doing something, but it's just too late. And there are other companies who are doing it, too. It's Elon Musk. It's Elon Musk. Yeah. Wow. All right. I don't well, think thank, this is going to end well. Thank you very much for the call, Allison. Uh, uh, here we go right there. Andy, watch SpaceX launch 21 Starlink satellites tonight. This was posted four hours ago. Uh, oh. Interesting. That, yeah. Of course, it, is at the uh, uh, website that I have bookmarked and checked every morning, space.com. Oh, space.com. Yes. No, it was uh it was jarring and I just it's one of these things that I that I feel like is not going to end well, could have unforeseen, unexpected consequences um because you've just again, he's a genius and they're doing genius mm-hmm. things and I know they have to do these things for breakthroughs and push the limits and all of that. Mm-hmm. But it's just unlike anything I've ever seen and it didn't uh didn't sit quite right with me after a few yeah. Miller lights. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was it, like, wait, is this the arrival? Is this? Where well, that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, where's Rich Keith when I need him? He needs to inform me as to how I handle this because they're here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, SpaceX is developing a low latency broadband internet system to meet the needs of consumers across the globe, enabled by a constellation of low Earth orbiting blah blah blah. Wow. How what happens when that? they start crashing into each other or falling out of the sky too? Do you ever wonder sometimes, like, I know wonder? how many thousands of satellites that are in orbit across? And and listen, I know sometimes they break apart, they get shot down, they crash back to Earth, they float out of our atmosphere, or rather, rather out of orbit and into space. Just how much junk is circling the globe at any given time? Yep, and that's going to be a problem for us and the aliens. They're not going to yep, be happy. Yep, that's going <laughs> to. Uh, oh, here we go. Joe in Abington also wants to weigh in on it. Hi, Joe. You know what? Why not, Joe? We'll get to Coach Prime in a bit. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? Hey, so every night my wife and I at about 8.30, 8.45 at night, we make sure we call each other out on the patio, and you can just see the string of lights going across. And I and I originally told her, I go, oh, no, we're being invaded. But no, it's it's Elon Musk. It's it's the whole. It's exactly what you said. It's the. It's, I don't know if it's the low budget internet or whatever it is. Yep. But on point, it comes by our house, and you see this string of about five or six lights up in the sky, and it all flies in unison. We thought it was just drones at first, but no, we realized it was the satellites that he has huh. cooking up there. So I'm gonna. Oh, wow. So I can look at this every night. I'm gonna take a shot at it because it, the one thing I will say, Joe, for us, it was much more than five. It was in the multiple dozens. Well, 21, 21 were launched, I guess. Okay, so tw- yeah, I would say I saw twenty one of them. Then it was wow. Uh, but now I'm going out tonight too. Now everyone's going to be game. out. All right, there you go. There's your homework, audience. Not just go back and watch the highlights of Colorado TCU tonight. Somewhere between eight twenty, eight thirty, eight forty five. I'll be outside around then because they're going to be having a fireworks show that was belated from July fourth due to preservation of the piping plover bird population down here in Cape Cod. Now they're doing the July 4th fireworks on Labor Day Sunday down here. Everyone is going to be out and about tonight. I will have my eyes affixed skyward 
and I'll take a look out there for those as well. That was a, uh, a fine digression, Andy. The audience was listening, and now we're all a little bit more informed, and yet at the same time, curious as to what this looks like. And there's your first hour of Fitzy and Hart on a Sunday on cue, on script, as always. 617-779-7937. More on Coach Prime and the shakeup in college football when we come back. Of course, we will talk some New England Patriots, as the Six Rings guys do, in the second hour of the program. Later on, some sports Paris, Sox and Celtics. Andy and I will continue our overs and unders from Friday's show as the 2023 NFL season kicks off in just four days, which is wild. And, of course, we'll start the Tom Brady Week celebrations as well. It's all coming up on today's Fitzy and Hart, WEEI. Original. Original. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England Sports Original. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 